of the Midnight Truth with DKB Podcast. Tonight I'm going to be asking more questions from the game The End. And I'm also going also to be talking a little bit, um, so bear with me. And I'm flaming up up in here, so let me go ahead and do that right now. Okay, let's get things started with the first question. The first question goes as follows. When was the last time I told myself how great I am? I honestly looked at these cards before I asked these questions to myself. And I've been thinking about that question for a long time. And I came up with the conclusion. The last time that I told myself I was great was probably basketball. It was probably in maybe fifth or sixth grade the last time I said out loud that I was a great <laughs> um not that I don't think I'm great now because I do but that was the last time that I remember that when I ate slept and breathed basketball um I considered myself good great all of that like I was very confident in basketball um also I really feel like I'm great at rapping um, mind you, my producer skills can get better, will get better. Rapping skills can get better, will get better. But I still think I'm that hot fire. I really do believe that I am hot fire because my writing skills are immaculate. Um, so that was the last time that I felt that I was great. Quick story about the basketball thing. Um... In fifth or sixth grade, we used to do a traveling team. And I'm, me being from Freeport, Illinois, we traveled all over these small towns um, to play basketball against other schools. Now, mind you, this wasn't a school-ran basketball team. This was a privately-ran basketball team uh, through the region. I want to say the region had all kind of teams in fifth and sixth grade where you travel around Illinois and go play other teams. And yes, we both years, fifth and sixth grade, both years, we dominated every single team in Illinois. There was one team, though, one damn team that we could not beat, could never beat. And that team was in Monroe, Wisconsin. I wish I played in high school because I wanted to play them guys again because they were so good. They beat the hell out of us. And I I guarded one of their best players. No, their best player. Let me say that again. Their best player. And he made me look like a little kid on the court, man. Like, I wanted my revenge because I knew 
I could get back to him, and I never got it. We lost both games, but we still won the championship both years, so there's that. Um, second question is, list my five greatest accomplishments thus far. Well, number one is being alive, because I wasn't supposed to be alive, people. Um, if I didn't tell you on this podcast, if I didn't write it in my book, which I probably did, if you ain't heard it in my music, if you ain't heard it as I'm talking to you, you will know that I was a preemie baby, premature baby. I was supposed to be born on December 30th, 1992. I was born September 30th, 1992, and I was 2 pounds, 11 ounces. Yes, let me say that again. I cannot make this up. 2 pounds, 11 ounces, people. 2 pounds, 11 ounces to the point to where doctors didn't want to put my name on the incubator. My father, shout out to my pops. No, we may not see eye to eye all the time, Pops, but understand, I know the sacrifices and the shit you did for me, man. Like, I know this, uh, even though we don't see eye to eye all the time, even though we disconnected somewhat, mother too, but um, my dad was actually the coach of that fifth and sixth grade team, fun fact, he was the assistant coach, and one of my best friends growing up his dad was the head coach. So, um, anyway, my first greatest accomplishment is being alive. I wasn't supposed to be here today. Doctors didn't even want me to be here today because they didn't think I was going to make it. But I want to look at them doctors in the eye. I want to find out who those doctors are, look them in the eye, shake their hand, and respectfully tell them, fuck you, I'm here I'm breathing, I'm in the flesh, about to be 29 years old coming up in September, so, <laughs> there's that, people, I was not supposed to be alive, and I'm alive today, blessed, second accomplishment, accomplishment number two is probably having my daughter, even though that ain't really accomplishment, having a kid, that's not something that you would consider having an accomplishment. But for me, for Desmond Kyrie Burnside, that is a big accomplishment. Because, first of all, let me give you a little background on my daughter. Now, my daughter was not supposed to happen, people. Not, at least, at least not at that time. At least not at the time. I had my daughter at 26. I'm 28 now. Um, but... I was not supposed to have my daughter. My daughter was actually an accident. But, 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 I don't really consider my daughter an accident just because of some fact. Like, I really loved my baby mama, like, to the point to where, like, she made me change my own person. You know what I mean? Like, I was loving her so much. I was just satisfying her instead of satisfying both of us, her and me, you know what I mean? Um, it was all about her in my eyes, you know. Uh, is that a relationship to me? No, <laughs> not at all. And we had our problems. Uh, you know what, time out. Before I go any further, 
any, 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 any further. Um, let me publicly say this, uh, and I ain't wanting to put my business out, but I talk to y'all, I fuck with y'all, and I don't care, like, y'all gotta get to know me, you know what I mean, so, I, like, I don't care to tell my business sometimes, <laughs> depending on who it is, uh, but me and my baby mama ain't seen eye to eye, and yes, I'm talking strictly to you, to my baby mama, but... Um, me and my baby mama ain't seen eye to eye all the time. Um, when it was great, it was great. When it was bad, it's bad. Uh, now, we ain't friends. <laughs> I wish we was. I, I really do. I wish she would see that I don't have a problem with you. You know, like, I never had a problem with you. Only problem I had was the breakup. <laughs> that was the, the main problem I had. All the other bullshit I don't really care about. Uh, even now that we not together. Like, I don't care about all this bullshit, man. I ain't got time for it. You shouldn't have time for it. Anyway. Um, but I do want to say shout out to my baby mama because she do take care of my daughter, man. Like, I'm not here to bash. I'm not here to say, I can't stand her, and da, da, da. nah, man, it ain't, it ain't like that, it's all love, even if we ain't love, you know what I mean, um, so, I appreciate my baby mama for what she do for my daughter, because, alright, like I said, my daughter wasn't supposed to happen, um, I got a little sidetracked, my daughter wasn't supposed to happen, but, for years upon me having my daughter, before I had my daughter, I always wanted a girl. Now, a lot of people ask me all the time, why do you want a girl? Well, let me tell you this, okay? I kind of knew or felt, felt, I felt out, I felt, I didn't know because I'm, I don't know all things, so, um, before I had my daughter, I kind of felt like I needed something to calm me down. Now, anybody that knows me knows that I live my life fast, or at least I tell them I live my life fast. That's all I ever do, man. That's all I've ever did with anything. School, women, books, anything. Fast. I'm always fast paced because I feel like if I slow down, if I take time, then I'm going to get nowhere. Nowhere. Now, patience, I am learning it through my daughter. Learning it through my daughter. This is the first time I have ever dealt with patience. Realized patience. Being with my daughter, being around my daughter. I love my daughter more than anything in this world. I predicted she would come into this world. You know, when I found out she was a girl, I knew I was the happiest man alive. Now, uh, along with me predicting my daughter, uh, I just feel like if I had a boy, I wouldn't slow down. If I had a boy, it, 
I don't I don't feel like it'll feel the same as it feels with my daughter, man. I I can't explain the feeling. I can't explain. I just I'm just glad I got what I wanted. I don't really care if I have another kid after her. I really don't because I I got what I want. You know, uh, me and me and my baby mama might have problems here and there, but I got what I want, man. <laughs> I got my girl. So there's that. Accomplishment number three is graduating college. And boy, 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 let me tell you, college was a motherfucker. College was a motherfucker. Um, let's start here. Uh, going through high school, going through high school, I did not know what the hell I wanted to do with my life. Um... I knew that I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what. So, and now I'm about to get into something deep, so bear with me. So, with that, not knowing what I want to do with my life, I was the most disorganized person in school, man. I didn't give a fuck about shit. The only thing I gave a fuck about was my grades because I had all this pressure. All this damn pressure. On me from my parents and one day I hope they hear this but growing up wasn't easy for me man like not in the sense of financials not in the sense of uh, chaos at home because I grew up in a good home grew up with good parents I love my parents to death for that you know but, yes, my parents made me into who I am today, but it took a lot out of me, man. First off, let's start here. Um, all the pressure to do good in school, do good in school, do good in school, that took a toll on me, man. I feel like, I don't mean to tell my parents' business like this. Cause I I don't want them. I don't want them to feel ashamed. I don't want them to feel embarrassed. I don't want them to feel like I'm downing them. I don't want, I don't want that. I I just want to tell you where I'm coming from. Um, my parents didn't finish. Either didn't finish college or didn't go to college my mom didn't go to college my father didn't finish college um so i feel like through me it was their dream their goal to get me to college and get me through but in my eyes in my light i feel like with that they Wanted me to do what they wanted me to do. Not what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? They didn't want me to do what I wanted to do. They wanted me to do what they couldn't or didn't do. You know? And I felt like the way they did it, I don't agree with it. Yes, be hard on me. I understand that part, 
but the 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 other the other thing uh the encouragement to do better the the support of things I want to do um I feel like with sports because I did basketball football uh I feel like they were obligated to support me I feel like they don't support me enough they support me but they don't support me enough um I had things in school like such as music that I wanted to do they didn't support me with that they looked down upon it like for example and he don't even know this he don't even know this but my best friend as I talk about so much he don't even know that I was wanting to go to Columbia as he went to Columbia University in Chicago, Illinois. And I told my parents about this. I didn't tell them it was because he went. No, and that wasn't the case. It was just because we do our music thing and having somebody there with me to do it, I would have loved that. But they looked down upon it. They were like, oh, you... That's a, you shouldn't make that your option, your choice, and da-da-da, you know. Um, in my eyes, they should came about it a different light. And see, that's why we look at each other differently. Because they say things in a different light that, not that I can't handle, but it's in the sense of it's like, damn, like, you really got to grow to that line. You know what I mean? And I, and this is to anybody that I may have hurt, may have caused them to think I judged them, caused them to feel like I talked down on them, feel like, listen, listen, this is where that comes from. I'm trying to break that. I'm trying my hardest to break that, but... This is where that comes from. It comes from my parents. My parents were like drill sergeants to me. And I feel like it's a some it's a sense of PTSD for me. They were so hard on me, put so much pressure on me, and I don't think they realized how much pressure I had on me. Okay, so now talking about college. With that pressure, I let the fuck go, okay? Growing up in the house, I had to be home when the street light was on, which was okay. Parties, I had to be chaperoned or I couldn't go, which was okay. But other things like exploring the world or hanging with my friends, getting into trouble. Like, let me get into trouble. Okay, I understand that would stress you out. I get that. But, like, let me experience things. I feel like they didn't let me experience enough. Not that they let me experience nothing at all. They didn't let me experience enough. That's why today I get so jealous of my friends, my peers, my acquaintances, and then look at their parents, even if their parents and their relationship ain't like me and my parents. 
the dynamic of it, it makes me jealous because I feel like in my eyes, my parents ain't as cool as a lot of parents, man. And don't get me wrong, some of y'all might be going through the same thing, but man, if I just had a little freedom to just let me experience something, like, for example, I feel like I've, I went to Florida at 16 under my parents, but I, and I went to school trips, like, uh, I was in a group called Choices that helped you get ready for college and shit. So, like, I got to experience that, but, like, let me be on my own again, you know what I mean? Like, let me, shit, I don't know, but, like, I I can't even describe to you the pressure I had on me to make them satisfied, not to satisfy myself. So, when I went to college, freshman year, people, freshman year, I'm sorry I'm talking long, but I got got a lot I got to talk about, man, Um, especially with these questions. Freshman year, I wanted to go, I went to Arkansas State University, so, but I wanted to go to either Michigan State or HBCU. I wanted to go somewhere black. <laughs> Ended up, I went to go where it was country as hell, all white Asians, which was shocking to me, and black people from all over the place. So it was a little culture shock to me. Mind you, I'm Southern, so, like, being in the South didn't bother me. But, like, seeing all those people from different places, it was a culture shock. And I felt like that culture shock came from not having experience when I was younger. Uh, Not being able to hang out here, hang out there, you know. Um, Not saying that I couldn't, but having that respect, having that fear of disappointing them in any way possible. It was a lot of pressure on me, man. Um, So much so. So much so that when I got into a month of my freshman year, I will never forget this. Mind you, I was already stressing out because the way I got in my class of 2015, they changed the ACT rules. I made an 18. They raised the score to 19 right at the last minute. So they fucked me. So I had to take a couple of remedial classes. And remedial classes means you get no credit for them, but they make sure you're ready for college. So, with the stress of that, mind you, I went through college three years, I want to say two years, two years, three years, let's say three years, with guidance counseling myself. I had no guidance counselor. I had nobody to guide me here that or guide me there. I guided myself for three years, people, three years. College was rough. In these four years, I almost got kicked out. College is expensive, people. And I almost got kicked out for it. 
<laughs> Luckily, that's the only thing I almost got kicked out for. Also, I got into drugs. Have, now, when I say drugs, I don't mean the hard stuff. Of course, marijuana, as you hear me smoking right now. That was the very first thing I got into. Matter of fact, let me tell you a story. How I got into marijuana. Now, this is in my book as well. If you read my book, The Talk Show, uh, they don't understand me. You will hear or hear or read this story. Um, so, I had made a pact with my best friend. And this pact was that we won't do any drugs, won't drink alcohol in high school. And we made it all the way through high school. Then I left. My first encounter with marijuana, shout out to my cousin for introduce me every which way you can possibly think of with marijuana I fell in love with it so uh I didn't smoke right away I had moved to Arkansas like right after graduation I think this was like maybe August uh maybe a little before that I don't remember But when I moved down there, I got into weed. I'll never forget my first experience smoking. Now, let me just say, if I ever, if I ever saw you again, I'm talking about the girl I was with, I just want to say thank you for giving me a good night, okay? Uh... And showing me, like, the ropes of smoking a blunt. Because that shit was wonderful. People with that shit. Alright, so. Where I went in my college. It was called K's Hall. And I can talk about this because I'm graduated now. So, um. K's Hall was a freshman dorm. It was co-ed. And it was nine floors. I lived up on the ninth floor with the countryest roommate, the coolest countryest country cowboy roommate, hillbilly, whatever you want to call him. But he was cool as fuck. Shout out to you. You know who you are. I ain't gonna say no names. Um, but I lived on the ninth floor and. On one side, you had all boys. On the other side, you had the girls. One night, um, I had did a little online dating, online searching, fishing for uh, a lady to chill with. Now, what was going to happen, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know until it happened. So I'm talking to her. Talking to her, talking to her, and eventually I was like, yo, let's hang out. So, uh, I didn't have a car my freshman year. I had to earn it. Thank God I did, because that shit sucks. Um, she pulled up on me. She tell me, 
hey, you want to smoke? I'm like, shit, we gonna have to find a way to smoke, but we can smoke. I'm cool with that, and I, shit, knowing me, I wanted to impress her, shit. So, I was like, shit, let's smoke. And any smoker know, if you really want to smoke, you're going to find a place to smoke, even if you can't smoke. So, um, let me describe these nine floors. So, like I said, on one side you had the boys, on one side you had the girls. Then in the middle you had the elevator. Then, on the outside of the, the girls and the boys, you had these stairs. You had like a staircase. It was like a concrete casing i can't even describe it to you but it was a stairwell of the nine floors with nothing but stairs you go up you go down okay and we decided to smoke out there mind you this is friday night mind you friday night is popping at arkansas state mind you people traffic is coming in and out all the time so we go to the middle of the nine floors. I think we we sat on the like fifth floor and we sat on the stairs and smoked. She rolled up a blunt. I'm paying attention. You know, I ain't never did this shit. Smoked a blunt right there. We sat in the middle because we had to see who was coming up, coming down. Thank God nobody came up or came down until we got done with the blunt. So let me say salute to you, ma'am. Salute to you because you did that shit. So there's drug number one, just to give you a little story. Um, second drug was the drug that changed my life. And not a lot of people might notice. Not a lot of people take it. A lot of people take it and have a different effect. I had one of the weirdest effects of Benadryl. Yes, Benadryl is a hell of a drug, people. It is the strongest drug you I, I've ever taken. And I ain't took no hard shit. I ain't took no heroin, meth, uh, cocaine, crack. I ain't did none of that. But I damn sure did Benadryl, man. Like, shit. I can give you a story on Benadryl. Like, and the reason why I got on Benadryl because it helped me sleep. Me, um... For those of you that know me, I lost my brother in uh, high school, and I stressed a lot. Like, it took a lot out of me, man, and that was my coping mechanism, Benadryl. It would help me sleep because I would stay up and stay up and stay up, and I can't sleep anyway. That's how I am now to this day. I don't sleep um, unless I have to put myself to sleep. So, like, I started taking Benadryl, and it come to find out I got addicted. Started taking one at a time. Took two at a time. Then that two turned in three. Then that three turned in four at a time. Um, every day. During class. So, one day, I remember my ex at the time. I had this ex, and she lived down there, like, right down from the school, so, like, I stayed at her house. One day, we decided to smoke outside, and we took, she decided to take Benadryl because I took Benadryl, like, I felt like I influenced that, and <laughs> she just wanted to try it, and, god damn, I fucked around and took three, 
Benadryl. And fucked around and smoked a blunt. I thought I was dying, people. I thought I was dying. I ain't gonna lie to you. I don't know whether I was high or dying. Because it felt like I was dying. It felt like I died. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that, that's the story of Benadryl. And other, other ben, uh, drug I got into was lean. Cough syrup. Promethazine. Codeine. For everybody to know what lean is, you know, I got the activists. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I got on lean, man. I'm like, my cousin introduced me to it. Once I got on that, I loved it. And I was like, but I, I weaned myself off of that quickly. Uh, it it didn't do much for me. Like, it didn't do much for me at all. Um, so I stopped doing lean and got an alcohol too, of course. But now I just stick to marijuana. I'm trying to figure out a way to stop, but I don't know. Uh, accomplishment number three, winning my basketball. Uh, trophies because basketball meant a lot to me and I was actually good in something so it's comfortably number three comfortably number four is um uh would probably have to be sing T.I. That was a dream for me. That was a dream for me. Yes, I met T.I., shook his hand and everything. Um, accomplishment number five. God, accomplishment number five. Being good in music. Yeah, being good in music. Uh, are my greatest achievements ahead or behind me? How does that make me feel? Oh, they're, they're, they're ahead of me. They're definitely ahead of me. How does it make me feel motivated? Uh, what mistake do I wish I could stop making? What would I lose? I wish I would have saved more money. Um, that's the first mistake. I wish I would stop doing, like, save more money. Because, like, I am financially fucked up right now. Um... How did I get into this situation trying to survive, man? I, I feel like I moved way too soon. I didn't save enough money more than I should have. Um, but you live and you learn, you know. Um, what would I lose by correcting it? Nothing. I would gain. What's the different? No. What's different about me now? than then i'm a lot more calmer i'm still working on my anger but i'm a lot more calmer now than i have been ever been um just certain things piss me off now everything used to piss me off but certain things piss me off now like certain triggers how have i grown most in the last year i'm not sulking over 
what my baby mama did to me. Um, that took a lot out of me, man. I used, like I said, I used to hate my baby mama, man, uh, for what she did to me. She spit in my face. I couldn't get over that for a long time, long, long, long time. Uh, but I'm over it now. It is what it is. Uh, what three experiences from the past shaped my current perception? Number one, my brother dying and how he got moved and all that. Uh, number two would probably be that racism is still going on uh, today. Uh, so it would probably be me experiencing racism in my past. Uh, number three would probably be Hmm. The first time I got cheated on. Yeah. Those those changed my current perception of things. Um, why? I'm not gonna get into all that. I don't feel like talking about all that right now. <laughs> What's the best use of my time right now? You uh doing anything in the studio with my music. When was the last time I had to make a similar decision, and what did I learn from that? Hmm. Uh, will probably be when I decided to finish my book. Probably, yeah, most definitely. When was the last time I felt my heart explode? What happened it was when my baby mom spit in my face, and I could have went to prison. I wanted to kill her. But I'm too level-headed for that. And she was pregnant with my baby. So, yeah. One good lick. I did not get back. <laughs> Who am I trying to please and why? I feel like I'm trying to please, still, trying to please my parents. Because, still, from that pressure, man. <laughs> um, Who do I wish could give me advice right now, what would they tell me? Probably be my grand... Nah, nah. It'd probably be my brother Lindry. What would he tell me? I don't know, but I feel like him being a genius that he was, he'll tell me some good-ass shit because he done been through a lot in his life, you know, before he died, and yeah. Who do I want to help? Well, first of all, I want to help the kids. <laughs> I want to help the kids. And I want to help myself. Um, but the kids, man, I love kids. And kids are in trouble these days. So I got to help the kids. And I got, and I'm my father myself. So who inspires me most right now? What is it about them that resonates so deeply? And it's probably my best friend. The reason being is because of the simple fact, like, he got a drive that I don't have. Like, his his drive is different than mine. Like, I got a drive, but I don't have the drive that he has. And I wish I had that drive. So he inspires me a lot. A whole hell of a lot, and he don't even know it. Um, who in my life gives me the most energy? What would they tell me right now? Probably my daughter. What she would tell me is something probably crazy. Probably crazy. I don't even know what come out of her mouth half the time but I know it would be some crazy my daughter 
give me the most energy because she she brings it out of me and brings the best out of me. What am I afraid of being alone? Um, I don't ever, ever want to be alone. I'm tired of being alone, man. I'm tired of living that loner life, tired of being shelled in. Um, how do I wish others would describe me to a vision-impaired person? That I'm a cool cat, you know? I'm going to keep it real with you. And I'm funny as hell, as people tell me. Um, what do I miss about myself? I miss... I miss, ooh, that's a hard question, people. What do I miss about myself? I probably miss me handling uh, writing like I used to. I used to write all the time. I don't write like I used to. Like, I'd still write, obviously, but... I don't write like I used to. I used to write every second, every hour, every minute of the day, no matter where I was. Like, that's how much I love writing. But what do I wish to be forgiving for? Uh, anybody that I hurt, uh, talking to women <laughs> and friendships, women and friendships, anybody that I hurt intentionally or unintentionally, um, yeah, I'm sorry, man. Uh, that's that's all I can say about that. Who do I need to forgive but haven't yet? Uh, probably my brother's mother for moving his body. I haven't gotten over that. Um, my baby mama for spitting in my face. I haven't gotten over that. Well, I, I have gotten over that, like I said earlier. But to forgive... You know, to like, I haven't said it like out loud. This is probably the first time that I've said it out loud that I've forgiven my baby mama for spitting in my face. But those are the two things that I probably uh, need to forgive, you know. But even though I don't already forgave, whatever. But that, that one, yeah, my brother. I can't get over that, man. Um, what memory do I never want to forget? Having my daughter. That was the joyous, the most joyous moment of my life. Uh, how do I, how would I describe myself to a vision impaired person? Again, that I'm funny, that I'm a cool cat, that I keep it real. Those three things. Is it my ego or theirs? It's definitely theirs. Because I am way too cool to have a big-ass ego. I'm confident, but I don't have a big-ass ego. When do I lie to people and why? Uh, Probably when I'm nervous. Because I'm nervous. Or probably because it ain't the right time to tell the truth. Yeah, those two things. When was the last time I told myself how great I am? <laughs> I answered that earlier, but... You know what I want to say today? I am great today even though I'm going through the things of life. I want to say that I am actually great today. I am a king. You know, and, and I feel like a king even though I'm in hell right now. But I'm always great. 
feel great, look great, sound great, you know, so I am great, but um, to end on a quick note, I want to get something off my chest, and this goes out to everybody that knows me, that wants to know me, that fucks with me, that wants to fuck with me, so on and so forth, damn, I'm hungry as fuck. But um, before I get out of here, if you going to fuck with me, fuck with me. If you ain't going to fuck with me, don't fuck with me. I ain't got time for the in-between. I ain't got time for the fake, okay? One thing I hate about relationships, whether that be family, friends, uh, significant others, don't. Not communicate to me. Like, don't don't do that to me. Communicate always with me, please. Because when you start disappearing, then I'm starting to think shit about you. You know what I mean? So please, just like, communicate with me, man. We we a team around here. You know what I mean? But anyway, I'm hungry as fuck. Oh I gotta get out here. DJ Life Changer